hot still. At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Ms. T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Hello, my friends. It's time to begin the show designed with you in mind. This is Tanisha Baker hosting the latest edition of What You Shouldn't Be Missing. Thanks for tuning in to the 210th episode of Talking With T. It's May 27th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, actor Lou Gossett Jr., late Lisa Left Eye Lopez from R&B group TLC, who died in a tragic car accident in April of 2002, rapper, singer, songwriter Andre 3000, previously a part of the hip-hop duo Outkast, and the baby's daddy of Erica Badu's son named Seven. Today is Memorial Day, a U.S. federal holiday which is observed each year on the last Monday in May. This day is in honor and remembrance of all men and women who have died while serving in the United States Armed Forces. The theme this month is Make Your Move in May. Bottom line, do something. You have got to take some sort of action toward your dreams and plans. Said it before, you've got to work for what you hope for. You are encouraged right now, today. Start, take some step, no matter how small, toward your goals. Do something today that your future self will be thankful for. Let's kick off our Monday Minute Quick Bits with some happy highlights. LeBron James partners with Walmart to feed hungry families. James will be the lead spokesperson for Walmart's Fight Hunger Spark Change campaign, which uses proceeds from select Walmart products to raise money for the hunger nonprofit Feeding America. There is more black girl magic as 14-year-old Sydney Wilson out of DeKalb County becomes the youngest student admitted into Spelman, making her this week's T's top team. Sydney stood out academically and started high school at age 10. Sydney said that when kids teased her about being too smart, she just stayed on her path because she didn't feel the need to be popular or liked. Now, Sydney will start college in the fall, majoring in biology. She wants to use animal science to discover cures for human ailments. Couple Sherman and Sonia Whitfield out of Little Rock, Arkansas, recently earned their doctorate degrees together at the same time from Arkansas Tech University. That's what I call relationship goals. Rihanna has launched her fashion label Fenty in Paris, becoming the first black woman to create an original brand with the French luxury conglomerate LVMH. She moved to London prior to the launch and now her fashion designs can join her cosmetics brand Fenty Beauty, along with her lingerie label. Sadly, at least eight people were shot at a large party in Chesapeake, Virginia, last Saturday night. Officials in Orange Beach, Alabama, are investigating over $1 million in illegal drugs that has washed up on the shore over the course of two days last week. A struggling care worker who lived in public housing found out that he was heir to a $60 million English estate. The owner died from an overdose, and it was thought there were no heirs. But lo and behold, there was. So you go from crawling to bawling almost overnight. Good news for Jordan Rogers, age 31. 
The baby who was found in a Michigan hotel room with her dead parents is going to be okay. Although severely dehydrated, the six-month-old baby girl survived. Drug paraphernalia was found in the room. Hotel staff refused to answer questions after family had the police do a welfare check. The grandparents had previously contacted Children's Protective Services as they were worried about the child's safety, but CPS could not be reached for comment. The wife and daughter of Wisconsin basketball coach Howard Moore were killed in a head-on crash caused by a wrong-way driver. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Talking With T. in the show where we review trending news and I have with me on this day the know-it-all Professor Jay and our top investigator, most often instigator, P.I. Pan. Now, Jay, I don't know if y'all have them in Memphis, but we are in the midst of a scooter takeover here in Knoxville. And I kind of get the... You do have them? Uh-huh. Well, I kind of get the idea, but I'm not sure if it's a good one. First of all, you got to know how to ride the scooter. I right. saw this lady downtown slip off the scooter right in the middle of the intersection where I don't think she was supposed to be in the first place. And then I don't recall seeing not one person riding with a helmet. Not, you know, not that I've seen. 
So I understand, okay, so they have them in Memphis, they have it in Nashville as well, and the mayor there is threatening a ban if companies providing the scooters don't increase safety procedures. Mayor David Brawley says the scooters are causing the city to be less safe and visually cluttered. Last week, a man was killed when a car struck him while he was riding his scooter downtown. The family started a petition to ban scooters and had received more than 215 signatures by Thursday afternoon. Although there are rules for riding a scooter, they say many people don't follow them. And then locally here in Knoxville, a man was arrested last Friday for public intoxication while he was on his e-scooter and riding it in the wrong direction. And I'm saying he could have killed himself and somebody else. That is true. And they're equally as problematic on this end of the state as well, because much like you said, many of the people down here who ride them, they're riding them without helmets. Um, they're just riding them all willy-nilly. And one thing that has urged me about the whole scooter craze is that there are, you know, assigned spots where you're supposed to leave them when you're done with them. But mm-hmm. particularly in the downtown area where a lot of the a lot of the scooters are, people just decide, okay, well, I've gotten to where I'm going. I'm just going to, you know, leave this scooter right here in the middle of the sidewalk. You know, I'm not anyway. gonna over, you're right. I'm not going to take it over here to the little scooter corral or whatever you want to call it. I'm going to leave it right here in the middle of the driveway to to drive up to the bank teller or whatever. Yeah, so they, they while at one point they were supposed to be a convenience, they're certainly becoming a nuisance in several places. Yeah, they get them here, and they, I've seen some people just riding reckless with them. And, like you, and they haven't reported any accidents so far, but they did say that they don't know if that's going to happen all through the summer because some of the people obviously were intoxicated that were riding them because I've mm. seen them in certain parts downtown. And they were just, it was crazy. I was thinking, if you don't get on your side of the road or out the middle of the street, just having them a good old merry time. Yeah, down the middle of the street. Now, we're, so I haven't downloaded the app or anything, but... What are the rules? Where are you supposed to ride the scooters? I think you're supposed to limit your riding to sidewalk, if memory serves me correctly, um, out of traffic, vehicle traffic, of course. And, mm-hmm. again, like we said, they really urge you to ride them with helmets. But okay. Yeah, today, I haven't seen anybody with helmets. Uh, that whole helmet thing is just thrown out the window. Mm, okay. Well, uh, also here locally at the University of Tennessee, they've had to beef up security in preparation for a white nationalist event to be held on campus today. Wannabe politician Rick Tyler, who is probably most famous for those billboards that read Make America White Again, plans to run for president in 2020, and he's having some type of event at the university. So my first question is, when was America white? I just want to start there so I can kind of figure out what time or era he's wanting to go back to. Last time I checked the history books, America hasn't really been white. Are you saying ever? Not initially or originally. Now, the whiteness has come upon America. Of mm-hmm. course, but uh, there were other 
indigenous groups, other native groups here before white folk came. Okay. And even right. now, the way that things are shifting, you can't mm-hmm. even say that whites are the majority. They're being outnumbered by other racial and ethnic groups. So I, I, I'm hard-pressed to find a time when America was ever white to begin with. Okay. All right. So, Pam, were you planning to go down on campus today? Well... I think I want to. There's a group of people that people have been posting. Let's meet up there. Let's everybody go. Um, do you think it's really gonna gonna happen, or do you think they'll stop it if it be too many protesters? I do want. I do want to go though. Well, my thing at first I thought, yeah, go and protest. But then I thought, what good is it going to do? I mean, it will show our disdain, our dislike, and our displeasure in the fact that he's here having this event. But I don't think the protest will change his mindset. And a part of me is like, don't give him that energy. You know, don't spend that good portion of my day up there protesting against this idiot. I'm also, you know, questioning why the university has allowed this event to take place on campus. I get that it's a, it's an institution of learning, and in such an institution, you know, you expose students, people to differences of opinion, but mm-hmm. certainly not at the expense of creating a disruption, if you will, because this could, this whole thing could go in any direction. It could end up being pretty much without major incident, or it could go completely left. So to my understanding, they aren't going to have any classes going on, particularly in the building or the area where the event is to take place. And then he rented this space. And so it seems like that they couldn't discriminate against who rented that space. And I guess by being a public university, maybe I don't know all the rules or the must-have, shoulds, and can'ts, and all of that. So they did say that they are not in agreement, that he was not invited. They don't condone his speech, but that he's having that event on a space that he has rented on campus. All right. Well, as a UT alum, and as an African-American male, I'm a little concerned. But, hey, if he rented the space uh, and there was a non-discrimination clause in whatever agreement that he signed with the campus or that was an understanding that they had, okay, we just hope for the best here that, you know, he says what he mm. has to say. There are no incidents. And he gets the heck off campus and goes somewhere else to attempt to make himself great. And, you know, I know where he stands. We all know where he stands. He's public with that. A part of me is interested in seeing who's going to attend. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Definitely. All right. Well, let's change uh, directions here a little bit because I am very curious about Kanye West. And he's hosting what he calls Sunday services. 
And it's pretty much, from what I could tell, I've tried to cross-reference some articles and information, but it's pretty much a musical worship gathering featuring some really, really good gospel choirs and his music. Apparently, these services are attended by the rich and famous, and they have to sign an NDA to attend. The whole Kardashian clan goes. And during the last one he had, the sermon was given by DMX. And so let me just get back to the music, which is hype, from what I can tell. I watched a few videos, and the music was really everything. But everybody's sitting there wearing the same colors, and I have a snippet of the choir that is on the plane that he chartered and a link to more information on www.talkingwitht.com. So I can't figure this out. Is it a cult, a church, a gathering? What? I don't know what he's attempting to do. I need y'all, the listeners, whoever, to shed some light on this. And explain to me, and explain it to me like I'm five, right? Because I swear I'm bewildered by this whole church of Kanye. Kim says that people of all faiths are welcome, and everybody comes and understands it's just really a healing experience with an amazing choir and amazing messages about love to start off your week. And that sounds fine. I'm not opposed to that. It just seems weird. It does, especially coming from Kanye. But I will say, as a church kid, as a choir kid, the music is on point. You know, mm-hmm. I even saw one of the was it so one of the one of the arrangements that they did of Souls to Souls, uh, back to my back to life. Yeah, I think that, that I believe that's the one that I have on the website. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I was I was over here just jamming. I was like, do they need another tenor on the front row? Because what are they wearing? <laughs> I can pop up. <laughs> but um, I get Kim's whole thing about it being a, a healing experience, a gathering for people of all faiths. Now, whether or not I would call it a church in the traditional sense of the word. I'd be, again, hard-pressed to do that because, um, you know, for those of us who are Christians, you know, we believe that the church is a group of believers where the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached and the ultimate goal is to lead people to salvation. Now, whether or not that actually happens, I haven't seen a whole service, so I can't really say. But, hey, if it gets the people together and it gives them a sense of, happiness, a sense of unity, you know, something positive, like you said, to start their week. I'm not going to knock it. However, there were several people who were questioning the whole motive behind it, especially given Mm -hmm. Kanye's, I don't really want to call it instability, but definitely. What you going to call it then? Well, I don't want to call it that, but I will say that they caused the question his ego, you know, is this Mm -hmm. his attempt to try to remain relevant? Or what? And I will say that if that's his if that's his goal, then he's definitely achieving it because I've seen several people who have tuned in to the surfaces and they watch them on Sundays in lieu of going to an actual worship gathering, an actual building, an actual church as we know it. I guess the part that really makes me suspicious is the whole non disclosure agreement as well as you being told what to wear. But, you know, I guess that makes for a nice scene 
I don't know. We'll just see. We'll just see how this plays out. And I don't know if they necessarily consider it a church, but I thought I saw that somewhere in the reading. But maybe it's more of just this gathering as they describe it. Right. Now, I do have a question about the services. Are they always outside? Um, In all the clips that I've seen, they've always been outside. Yeah, from what I can tell, they may have had one inside because it's at his house, right, on his property, because they said that neighbors were complaining. Yeah, I've, I've heard that, too. Well, Jay, it's time for educators to rest and renew. Yeah. And it's a good thing. It's a good yes, thing. It yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, <laughs> yes, it is. Some teachers seem to be on the brink of insanity. I read with one teacher in Hillsboro, North Carolina, threatened to shoot up the school, and it was an elementary school. Kristen Thompson is facing a felony count of communicating a threat of mass violence after other teachers told the police she had made threats against Pathways Elementary School. She resigned last Friday and told three teachers that she'd signaled them with a message to get out of the school when she's ready to start shooting. So she's arrested this past Tuesday and then released on a $1,000 bond. Now, it seems to me, like, as Jay would say, it seems like to me, that her bond would have been higher than that, just $1,000, and she has threatened to shoot up a whole elementary school? A whole elementary school. Well, in a separate report, Betty Soto, who teaches, or rather taught, fourth grade in Florida in a Florida elementary school, was arrested for bringing weapons to school. Notice that's plural. Authorities found a loaded Glock along with a six-inch fighting knife and a two-inch finger knife in her backpack on Monday. She had those weapons in her backpack while students were still in class. When asked why she brought the weapons to school, she said, ask your governor. So Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill earlier this month that would allow teachers to carry firearms on school grounds. Soto had legally purchased her weapons and had a concealed carry permit. But I just don't know what she was going to do with all that artillery in a little elementary fourth-grade class. And, I mean, I, I get that sometimes students will drive you to a point because I, I, I will say that I've been there, I mean. Uh, you have not been close enough to want to bring no loaded Glock no, to no fourth-grade classroom. Not, not no loaded Glock. I mean, now, I, I may have swung a yardstick or two, so, <laughs> thrown a copy of Animal Farm across the room, uh, you know, broken a stapler or two, but never mm -hmm. have I wanted to, you know, go shoot up my whole class. Evidently, there's some, some underlying mental issues here, which, as you said, have caused these particular teachers to snap. And then for this second teacher to use the governor as her justification for coming in the schoolhouse with all these types of weapons is completely asinine and crazy. It's beyond me why she needed that much artillery. She was ready to go to war. And I mean, fourth yeah. graders, you can look at them and get them in order. Yeah. Right. And so the first teacher... I think her threat was a little more serious. It seemed like she had some type of issue. But she went as far as, I guess, for the people she liked 
she was going to give them a signal. And they told me what it was. It was some statement about the squash is ready or something like that. Right, it was something random. Yeah, and when she said that, that meant to get out the building. And luckily, they... Yeah, only those three. But luckily, uh, they alerted authorities. Now, this second one, I'm wondering if she was trying to make some sort of statement to say, okay, if you're going to allow teachers to have guns, this is what it could be. You know what I'm saying? Maybe she was trying to prove her point because her weapons were legally purchased and she had a permit to conceal and carry them. So I'm just wondering maybe that was her point. But either way, it's dangerous. I mean, kids are curious. So you can't have that type of thing in a backpack in your classroom full of kids. No, you cannot. With the teeth. Yeah, with a teeth. I'm not sure if y'all heard about this story, but the Boston Museum of Fine Arts had to issue an apology to some seventh grade students who were visiting. And as the article stated, had their trip ruined by racist patrons and staff members. According to the Boston Globe, a museum staff member told the students they were to have no food, no drink, and no watermelon. One of the chaperones of the class, which was made up of all students of color, said the security guards followed them from gallery to gallery while they didn't do the same with the other groups of white students. And when one of the students started briefly dancing to some music inside one of the exhibits, someone said, it's a shame she's not learning and instead stripping. So just as the group was leaving, what is that? That that was my that was my snatching of pearls and contorting of face. But go ahead. <laughs> okay, all right. Just as the group was leaving, a woman said loudly, "Never mind. There's a blank black kids in the way." This is all really sad and ignorant, and it's unfortunate that the education the kids received that day was not what was intended. Uh, the museum visit was actually a reward trip for exceptional students intended to provide them with a first-hand look at the cultures they had been studying in school. Just shame. I wish I had the shame bell. I could just ring it all up there in the museum. Shame, shame, shame. This is a trip that was designed to reward the students. And honestly, truth be told, Tanisha, you and I both know this. Our students, and when I say our students, I mean, you know, students of color, oftentimes don't get this kind of exposure to stuff like this beyond Mm -hmm. school. And so, like you said, it's shameful that this particular visit to the museum was ruined by all of these incidents, you know, from the watermelon to the student dancing and college shipping, and then, uh, oh, there's a blank student, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so that speaks, you know, volumes to the type of patrons who were there that day. And again, this is a cultural experience that was indeed intended to be enjoyed by all, both the students as well as the regular patrons of the museum. And I I would hate to think that this sets a bad taste in the student's mouth for further cultural experiences like these. I don't see how it could. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it it, it certainly could, but, you know, I, I hate that that happened. 
Because, again, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, our students often are not exposed to this kind of thing, these kinds of things on their own. They may not have parents who may take them to the museum or who may take them to different kinds of art shows or different kinds of galleries. So school is the only place where these things, these kinds of things can happen. You know, right. and again, it's shameful that this experience was ruined by some small-minded individuals who obviously were not of an open mind to fully appreciate not just the works of art that were on display, but the diversity of the people who were in the museum that particular day. All right. Speak. Speak on it. Speak on it. I don't mean nothing to say after that. I'm just saying. All right. Well, that was the benediction, so we'll just move on. And I guess we can touch on a couple of stories from the Crazy Chronicles before we go. New Jersey police arrested a drunk driver. And then had to arrest her ride who came to pick her up because the friend was drunk too. And I'm pretty sure we have warned the people about this kind of tomfoolery. Look at here. If you are arrested for drunk driving, just try to call somebody sober to come and pick you up. That's just my little piece of advice to you all. That's, that's yeah. good advice. I mean, Uber, Lyft, call a cab. I mean, but can you do that in jail? Like I'm talking about. So the person's in jail, and someone drives to the jail drunk. You can call another ride. They will call you a cab to pick you up from jail, or they will some places drop you off. Like at the penal farm, they'll drop you off downtown. Okay. But they, I mean, but if you go up there, because I've known people to go to pick somebody up from jail and have a warrant too. Uh-huh. You can't go there with anything on you. You know, if you got contraband or no license or anything, they'll arrest you. And you definitely can't go up there drunk. So any of that shady behavior or possessions need to not go with you if you're going to pick up somebody. Right. Okay. Right. Uh-huh. All right. So I know we all enjoy good action movies and such, but I'm going to need some of y'all to do a reality check before you try these antics and stunts. Two Texas men, and this is sad, they have now died after trying to jump their car over an open drawbridge near Lake Charles. The bridge was raised to allow a boat to pass. And so this was kind of intentional. The driver backs up, gains speed, goes forward, trying to jump the bridge's ramp, Goes airborne, then crashes into the water, sinking all the way to the bottom. And again, it's a sad outcome, but we have got to be more reasonable. And I thought of me was thinking, were they trying to pull a Thelma and Louise? They were trying to do something, but whatever it was they tried to do, clearly they failed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they didn't think that through. No, didn't. Couldn't have. Scandal and shame. (laughs) <laughs> well, y'all, I guess that's it for this bit, and I can't wait to hear what the two of you have to say next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. School is out, and summer is about to be underway. Be on the lookout for our youth and little ones out in communities. 
Also, for parents, guardians, or those that are raising students, be sure to engage them in some sort of intellectual activity during the summer to reduce summer learning loss. Join Knoxville's Read to the Moon Challenge. Visit some libraries. Talk about math in the grocery store. Or just do something. You can do anything you can to keep those young brains thinking and working until school starts up again. Well, once again, we've come to the end, but stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com. Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to Talking With T anytime on your time through Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Google Music, or iHeartRadio. Remember that a new podcast will continue to come out each and every Monday. And in August, we will return to Jamming 99.7 WJBE featuring Talking With T on Tuesdays. That's 99.7 FM or 1040 AM. In the meantime and in between time, Subscribe to Talking With T Daily, your online scoop of trending news to find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. You can't always wait for the perfect time. Sometimes you have to dare to do it because life is too short to wonder what could have been. Remember where you heard the word. Keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking With T.